Blog Talk Radio. But Obama wants to own the word fair and the phrase middle class. And yet, who has done more destruction to working people in this country than Obama? Why isn't it proper to point out the Democrat base is made up, for the most part, of the nation's losers? Free enterprise can do a better job producing the things that people need, then government can. Less government and less taxes and more freedom for the people. Iran, Cuba, Venezuela... These countries are tiny compared to the Soviet Union. Bring myself in the American flag. Never give up the freedom my pop fought for us to have. Never give it back. Same with the gas. You can never take that. Never take that. On this Memorial Day, as our nation honors its unbroken line of fallen heroes, and I see many of them in, in the audience here today.
This weekend, this is Tesla, your host of the internet radio talk show, Socialism is Not an Option. Every weekend, we bring you three fantastic, exciting shows that are sure to make you laugh, cry, get angry, and even think. Start your weekend on Friday night with the Roundtable Roundup Edition. This show features other radio hosts and listeners who call in, and it's like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get when the show opens. Our Saturday program is the American Exceptionalism Edition that focuses on the Constitution and our founding fathers in light of today's current events, emphasizing America's greatness. The American Exceptionalism Edition is for all patriots. And our Hot Topic program sizzles every Sunday as we analyze the important national and international issues with intelligent political analysis without the bells and whistles. If you want the truth without the distractions, Sunday is where you want to be. Join us every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday on the Internet Radio Talk Show, Socialism is Not an Option. That's www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Kessler. See you this weekend. Socialism is not an option. WWWDB 24-7 Internet Talk Radio. When we do Internet Talk Radio, we receive support from a great many areas. We have listener support, of course, and some who help with the promoting. One group that often goes unrecognized are the wives of Internet Talk Radio hosts. They are the ones who tolerate our dalliances and the time we invest in our hobbies. Well, this is one way we can properly recognize those who are closest to us by broadcasting their sincere sentiments regarding our passions. I am going to stay up all night. You have family, you know. You're always at that computer. How much money do you make doing that dumbass radio show? You're not the only ones who live there, you know. You better come and eat. I'm not bringing it in there. (laughs) Oh, I love that one. I love it a lot. Uh, Good evening, folks. You're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. I'm I'm your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. Let's kick it off right here and now. We had a little bit of a technical difficulty. As a lot of you know, I bought a brand new super... Special Forces, United States Marine Corps style espresso machine from Williams-Sonoma. If you have the means, I suggest you go pick one up. I was brewing 
my 16th cup of espresso, and boom, the power went out. The power went out. The power went out with two minutes until showtime. The power went out in this room and this room alone. I ran down the stairs, ran past the dining room, through the kitchen, out the sideway, through the garage, almost tripped over my dog. He's a pretty big dog. Ran into the, the utility room and flipped a switch. Ran back upstairs. So tired. Sat down in front of the computer. I got one, two, three, four, five screens here. Nothing. Nothing happened. So I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting. Finally, I started to hear computers spooling up, but the time is ticking. It's already 8 o'clock. Well, I've got the computers up now. They start up quick, but the Internet is taking its sweet time. It's now. It's now. Three minutes after eight. <sighs> Time is moving slowly. Finally, everything spools up again. I fire everything up. And the cool thing about the Max is, whatever screens you had up, when everything shut down, they all come back up as soon as you turn the computer back on again. So I called in, and bam, here I am. And we were just talking about this a few days ago, how these things happen. Well, let's get on with the show. Now, I promised that I was going to reveal something personal today during this show. I'm going to do it right here and now. You know, when Whitney Houston passed away, and it has been suggested that prescription drugs had something to do with it, I I gave it a lot of thought. I have my own situation with prescription drugs. As a lot of you know, a couple of months ago, I had my wisdom teeth removed, all four. At the tender age of 49, I was finally forced to let them go. In fact, I have them right here in this box still. And as a result of having my wisdom teeth removed... I received pain medication, 10 or 12 pills. I don't remember how many. Anyway, I wasn't in much pain, honestly. But I had the pain pills, and I wanted to sleep. And I was told that the the pain pills would cause drowsiness. So I I took one of the pain pills, I lay down, and all of a sudden, I felt a wave of euphoria. I felt as if I was literally floating on the bed. I felt warm and serene, and I felt like this must be what taking drugs is like. Because honestly, I never taken an illegal drug ever my entire life. I can't even. I I can't honestly tell. You, I mean, I've never I've never smoked marijuana. I've never tried. I never even tried an illegal drug. That's the God's honest truth. So when I took these prescription drugs and I felt this way, it was just like magic. I felt like, well, 
when I die, I hope that it feels like this. And I couldn't wait once I was up for the time when I when I'd fall asleep again and have to take another pill. This wave of warm euphoria flushed over me. And the next thing you know, I was off to sleep. It was beautiful. So, once the last pill was in the bottle, I just couldn't couldn't think, what, what am I going to do? I've only got one pill left here. So I called the doctor's office and spoke with a nurse, and I said, Nurse, would it be possible for me to get a refill on my pain meds? She said, well, you shouldn't be in any pain. You know, at this juncture, it's been like seven days. You should be fine. If if you're in pain, you know, maybe we should, you know, we should schedule you to come in and, and see the doctor. And then, you know, he'll prescribe something for you. Well, I'm a man. And that means I'm a liar. That's what we do. Nobody expects anything different. We're like politicians without the senator or congressman or councilman attached to our names. We're still lies. We lie. That's what we do. But I wasn't willing. I wasn't willing to take the lie that far where I was going to attempt to pretend that I was in pain so I could get some more pain meds. I just wasn't going to do it. I don't have that kind of lie in me. But sure. If it's if it's the kind of lie I'm going to tell to what really means something, oh, I'll tell a doozy. You're damn right I will. But to lie about being in pain just to get some pain pills so I can feel really weird till I drift off to sleep just seemed to be a bit too much. So I didn't do it. I didn't get any more pills. And now I fall asleep like normal folks to the sound of the TV in the background. And then earlier today, I got word that some clown on MSNBC attributed attributed Whitney Houston's death to the to stress. The stress of not wanting to go back to being poor. You cannot judge a fall if you don't know how hard the road is. That's right. Teray, uh, talk to us about where she fits in well, our musical history. Well, uh, let me say this because I, I had to Or think, say anything you want. Well, no, I have to, yeah, no, I have some <laughs> things that I wanted to <laughs> I had some things that I wanted to say, Good. and then the things Good. that Kelly Price said at the top of the show raised the level of television discourse far beyond what we normally get. So, Kelly forced me to rethink everything that I was going to talk about. And it, one of the things that I was getting at was that yesterday at the Grammys, it was subdued. And, um, you know, a lot of people were talking about doing soul searching. And I had a talk with Quest Love from The Roots, who talked about the soul searching that he's doing. And he talked about there's an epidemic of death that's tragic among prematurely dying 
massive black singers. Um, you know, Michael Jackson was just 50. Now Whitney at 48. Uh, Heavy D was 44. Nate Dogg was 41. Why are so many of these people dying early? Um, and he talked about that there's an extraordinary pressure and stress on them to continue to succeed year after year because it is embarrassing to fall. But they also have a fear of going back to poverty, which would seem strange to people. Terry, but yeah, as, I, I don't want to interrupt. Good. I just want to point out that on the video screen with you right now is the plane landing at Teterboro Airport in New Jersey that is carrying the body of Whitney Houston on a private aircraft. But go, but go ahead, sorry. Uh, you know, there's an irrational fear of poverty in a lot of people who even have reached this level of fame and success that they will fall back to that. So you wonder why is a Michael Jackson and some other people dealing with sedatives because they're dealing with an extraordinary amount of stress and anxiety. And Questlove said something to me that was really deep that he was a little nervous to say, but then he said it anyway. For a Whitney Houston, would you rather be this, what she is, or Melba Moore? And that's not to slight Melba anyway, but Melba Moore was a singer who was very popular, very successful, and then ended up back in the project through several mistakes, some no fault of her own. And for an artist who chases success and achieves success, the level of desire is so high that to fall back to that, where you came from, and to be embarrassed by other people taking your spot is massively painful. I mean, you think about the level that a Michael Jordan gets to, you don't think about that same thing with these artists. And Whitney Houston definitely had it because she got to the top, because she had to be at the top. She started at the top. And, you know, I mean, just there's a significant emotional pain that goes through with a lot of this. Uh, Ricky, I want to get you in here. All right, that's enough of that. I want to set the record straight right now. Your humble host, Dr. Clarence Robert Jones III, was chasing a sleep high. And somehow that was attributed to me not wanting to be poor. I was almost willing to lie to get those prescription drugs so I could feel a, what, 15, 20-second sense of euphoria before I fell asleep because I am under a lot of stress and I don't want to be poor again. Is that what this clown is saying? Now, this guy, Tour is known for attaching race to nearly every issue. And he didn't disappoint this time, did he? What an idiot. Let me just tell you this right here and now. Whitney Houston was a crack addict, and she was born into a family of wealth and means. Her aunt was Dionne Warwick, is Dionne Warwick. Her mother, Sissy Houston, made tons of money. She came from an upper-middle-class background. There was no way she was poor. She was tra chasing the same high that I was chasing after having my wisdom teeth removed. It had nothing to do with being poor or stress or any of that crap. Nate Dogg was a drug addict, suffered stroke after stroke after stroke after stroke, until he finally died, smoking much weed, much cocaine, and much crack. Was it because he didn't want to go back to be poor, being poor? No, it's because he was Nate Dogg, and that's what Nate Dogg did. Michael Jackson was simply an idiot who wanted to sleep. 
and would do anything to get to some sleep. Why don't you just knock yourself over the head with a hammer? You're out. He wanted to sleep so bad that now Michael Jackson sleeps forever. Get your rest, Mike. You're out. Heavy D was just too damn heavy. That's the end of that. But this idiot wants to attach race to almost everything. I'm sick and tired of it. They didn't didn't want to go back to being poor again. Stupidity. All right, we got that out of the way. And I told my personal story. Now we got Thomas Patrick in the house talking crazy. All right. And insulting folks. And we had to let Thomas go. Hopefully Thomas will come back in a better mood. That's the first time I ever kicked somebody out of a chat out of a chat room. I didn't really want to do that. I have I have I have so few listeners that I can't afford to boot people out. But Thomas was going too far. Or measure of faith, or whatever the hell his name is. I can preciously afford to lose any of my six listeners. <laughs> but uh okay. Bye Thomas. Hopefully he'll come back in a better mood. Now, speaking of gone. The government is borrowing 36 cents for every dollar it spends. And the math is simple. We'll need real cuts to the federal budget near 36% to survive. Factor in modest economic growth, and perhaps the cuts could be 30%. But failure to make real cuts to this budget on this scale risks runaway inflation and disaster. Any way you look at it, people's pain will be deep and it'll be real. All of these folks who say they don't want to lose their Medicare and Medicaid and all that, they 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 stand a chance of losing it anyway. All of you people on the public teat understand that It's not enough to just print money. It's not enough for Obama to say we should spend, 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 and more spend. What part of we don't have the money don't a lot of people get? In 2000, at the end of this year, when Obama is gone and the threat of reprisals removed, people are going to begin to talk. And eventually, the truth about Obama's mysterious past is going to come out. What was hidden, scrubbed, and not vetted in 2008, including his grades, his college records, his passport, his personal associations, and yes, even his birth. With all to be exposed, it's just a matter of time. The duplicity and deceit 
to be uncovered will shock even the most ardent supporters. Who knows? A pariah status could even very well attach itself to Obama on a level reserved for few individuals in American history. Obama could be regarded as the Benedict Arnold of our time. Yeah, the masses are going to come to sh- they're going to shun him. And rightly so. If there is poetic justice in the world, this will be his legacy. November is not just another election. It is the seminal moment in American history. If Obama is reelected, expect Obamacare to stay, the debt to crush us, our defense to be laid bare, Iran to get the bomb, and at least two liberals to be named to the Supreme Court. If Obama is reelected, America will be known. America, well, America that we know will be gone forever. Collapse will be certain. We need to ensure by getting out the vote and getting our message out here on Blog Talk Radio and every other place to get the word out. For true hope and true change, perhaps we should try returning to limited constitutional government. And we all need to be involved. Whether or not we can turn around the disaster Barack Obama has forced it upon us hinges first on our removing him from office. Now is the time to go about the work of doing just that. This is the year. Buckle up. It's going to be a rough ride. And so with that in mind, we're going to talk about Obama's eligibility diversion because I think it bears repeating once again. But we're going to take a short break in the meantime, we'll come right back. You're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. The call-in number is 347-884-8500. It's getting closer. It's halftime. Super Tuesday is the day that could potentially decide the GOP nomination. Four remaining candidates. Eleven states. Across four time zones. From the people who brought you the ever popular Iowa Caucus All Night Special. Bringing you another fantastic night of results coverage. The Super Tuesday All Night Special. March 3rd, starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Seven hours for exciting, uninterrupted coverage. Follow the links from one show to the next. What are the shows? Well, I'm glad you asked. Teaming up again is Tesla with Doc Jones. Dave Gray and Cheesy Rocks. And Jermaine, a.k.a. GGT183. Special commentator and contributor throughout the night is Annie Ubellis of Southern Sense. At 7 p.m., Tesla will host Socialism is Not an Option on a special Tuesday night episode. Dr. 
Jones situation report. The call in number is 347-884-8500. Obama submitted his budget. It's a mess. He can't he can't hope to get any of it passed. Let's continue with the discussion. Obama's eligibility diversion. Having followed the Obama natural-born citizenship quandary since its inception, I've always viewed the controversy over Obama's birthplace and other records as a diversion from the real issues. Issues such as Obama's policies, what he wants to do with regard to the military, our budget process, the nanny state. The fact that he has stated that he has his administration has either created or saved more than two, there's sometimes three million jobs. The fact that the administration wants to decide how much money we get to keep and to decide that at some point we've made enough money. Obama's socialist parties have always been the forefront of the issues that I've been concerned about, not where he was born. Or whether he's a natural-born citizen or not, he's already president of the United States. I think when we sometimes when we talk about these things, it's an act of desperation. A lot of us feel that Obama's almost unbeatable for re-election, and that the only way we're going to get him out of office is to expose him as a Manchurian candidate. A president who is not eligible to be president and thus should not be placed on the ballots across the country and thus booted out and, and thus his tenure will be over. It's an attack on two fronts, getting, getting him out of office based on his policies and the fact that he's somehow not eligible to be president. I'm almost embarrassed by it. But maybe, maybe that's, that's just what they want us to be. Embarrassed. Is the real issue 
Obama's dual citizenship that precludes him from constitutional eligibility. My position was also influenced by my desire to elevate the discussion on an eccentricable related issue of birth rights, citizenship, as the key component in in effective immigration reform. Birthright citizenship is the practice of conferring U.S. citizenship on every baby born on U.S. soil, regardless of nationality. I've always thought that if you were born even to one parent on U.S. soil, that makes you a citizen of the United States. But is it that simple? I've come to understand that citizenship, citizenship, its rights and responsibilities, and presidential eligibility are more than merely rinky-dink technicalities. Polls consistently reflect both the nation's overwhelming desire for immigration reform and the fact that many still have natural-born eligibility questions. Now, following Georgia's uh, eligibility challenges, the mainstream media had been forced to note another symptom of what they pejoratively refer to as birtherism. Since two of the three challenges centered not on Obama's birthplace, but on constitutional law and Supreme Court president. Most of the media, however, conclude that birthers merely switched their argument after Obama released his long-form birth certificate last April. I can personally attest that this is not true. Although I recognize that some so-called birthers do focus primarily on either the document issue or the constitutional debate, Is Obama a natural-born citizenship, a citizen? The debate continues here uh, in the state of Georgia. Well, to be honest, I'm I'm in Virginia right now, but you know, it's neither here nor there. Virginia, Georgia, Miami, whatever. What little mainstream attention was given to the Georgia event? still primarily covered the challenge led by California attorney Orly Tejas. The others, represented by attorneys Van Iron and Mark Hartfield, which centered on the less sensational issues of statutory construction and law, were for the most part completely ignored. The question remains, is Obama a natural-born citizen? And does it make any difference at this point? As I stated earlier, it's almost embarrassing to me that we're focusing on these issues. Yes, I will admit that I am desperate to get this guy out of office. I'm desperate to see him gone before he does any more damage. And if it means him not being on the ballot in key states, thus sealing his fate, as a one-term president, I'm, I'm all for that. I dig it. 
But honestly, folks, I cannot help but feel slightly embarrassed by this whole thing. To my mind, Obama's eligibility should have been the cornerstone of why he shouldn't have been on the ballot in the first place. How many Republicans brought this issue to the forefront? How many conservatives brought this issue out? Nobody. Nobody of any note, nobody of any renown, sure, there were those who whispered, hey, Obama's not really a citizen. Hey, you know, I heard that Obama's not, why wasn't this all brought out? Why didn't we talk about it? We didn't. Nobody did. And yet, the issue is here before us. What does Black's Law Dictionary say about natural-born citizenship? What about, what would happen if the Supreme Court ruled that President Obama was not eligible Would that ever happen? Take a listen to this brief clip explaining how this all works out. And then let's talk about it some more. You're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. That must be followed is known as binding precedent. In this country, a lower court must honor findings of law made by a higher court. On questions as to the meaning of federal law, including the U.S. Constitution, statutes, and regulations, the U.S. Supreme Court's precedents must be followed. That means that once the Supreme Court has ruled on something on which it has never before ruled, every other court in this country has no choice but to follow that ruling. No lower court can legally rule differently from a Supreme Court precedent. Now, in this particular debate that started during the 2008 presidential campaign, Liberals who support Barack Obama have used rhetoric that has misinterpreted the historic definition of natural-born citizen and have wrongly asserted that not only do the 14th Amendment and cases such as the United States versus Wong Kim Ark support their belief that a natural-born citizen is merely one who was born in this country, but also that those cases establish legal precedent. While it is true that the Supreme Court has established precedent regarding the definition of natural-born citizen, It wasn't done in Wong Kim Ark. No, sadly for them, what they contend simply is not historically accurate. In other words, they are lying. Here's what the record actually shows regarding what the Supreme Court precedent is for the definition of natural-born citizen. Yes, I said precedent. Remember, previously established law against which no lower court in the country can rule? First, we must look to the 14th Amendment, which was ratified on July 9th, 1868. The Citizenship Clause of this amendment provided a broad definition of citizenship and overruled the Dred Scott decision of 1857. Fundamentally, the amendment guaranteed citizenship to slaves, something that was denied them previously. Nowhere within the 14th Amendment is any language construed as even dealing with the specific Article II Natural Born Citizen Clause in the Constitution. The amendment merely defines what a citizen is. With the Wong Kim Ark case, Obama supporters attempt to inject an understanding into it that the justices never asserted or even implied. 
Actually, the Wong Kim Ark case merely stated that one who is born in this country is a native-born citizen, and they drew upon the 14th Amendment for that ruling. They purposely did not construe that person to be a natural-born citizen, as they relied on the 14th Amendment and not Article 2, Section 1. All right, and we're back with the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. So here we have it. Is Barack Obama a natural-born citizen or not? I've given this a lot of thought. And I believe at this point that if we're unable to prove one way or the other definitively whether Barack Obama is a natural-born citizen, then we should just drop this issue and move on and get him out of office the good old-fashioned way through our ballots. That's what I think. Let's drop this issue. If if we can't get it out there definitively, get a proper hearing and not make this some sort of a weird sideshow, let's just get let's just get it out of there. Cuz it's starting to become embarrassing to me that we're still working on this issue as if we are so desperate for anything, grasping at any straw. Let's get it out there and let's get it over the way, out of the way. The next question, is America sliding into autocratic rule? Autocratic rule, which means no Congress, no Senate, basically a ruler. We're being, we, we would be ruled by the President of the United States. He would be the one in charge. This is the essential question of Barack Obama's presidency. Mr. Obama vowed to fundamentally transform the United States of America despite his incompetence and economic failure. The President is making good on his central promise, the destruction of our constitutional republic. He's trying piece by painful piece to reverse the legacy of the founding fathers. Conservatives have conservatives have, have underestimated him at their peril. For Mr. Obama is not simply an inept liberal president in the mold of Jimmy Carter. He's an ideological revolutionary who seeks to sweep away traditional America. The American War of Independence did not just overthrow British imperial domination. The founders forged something almost unique in history. A nation devoted to individual liberty, Christian civilization, and federalism. The rule of men was replaced by the rule of law. It's just that simple. And this is what we're going to talk about on tomorrow's show. Is, are we seeing at this time in our lifetimes the end of the Constitution? And will Americans allow, allow that premise to stand? Will we have, uh, will we experience a civil war in this country? Another civil war. This time, the right to be free. 
based on the same premise as the North and the South, or similar. The South wanted to be free to live under a certain set of rules, and that included owning slaves. And they fought for that right, a losing battle, and rightly so. But what about us? What about our battle here and now? If President Obama is allowed to steadily, slowly, and surely erode our liberties, will we fight for them? I've often stated that we Americans are now like like the frog in the pot. If you place a frog in a pot of boiling water, first he's going to suffer, all to be damned. He's going to flop around. He's probably going to try to get out of the pot. He's going to jump. Probably won't make it. Then he'll die. (laughs) Will that be us? Or perhaps you put the frog in a pot of cold water, turn the heat up ever so slowly. The frog doesn't know what happened. Next thing you know, the the frog is tits up and taken on water. He's done. That's what's happening to us here in America, folks. Slowly. Ever so slowly, painfully, so slowly, this administration is taking away our liberty just a little bit at a time. Just a a little bit at a time. The president is deciding how much money we get to keep. At some point, he's decided we've made enough money. He doesn't want Sasha or Malia if they make a mistake, to be punished with a baby. Apparently, he doesn't want Catholic schoolgirls to make a mistake and be punished with a baby. He doesn't want us to have too much salt. He doesn't want us to have too much sugar. He doesn't want us to have too much curry. He doesn't want us to drive cars with combustible engines. He doesn't want us driving SUVs. He doesn't want us talking out of turn. He doesn't want us writing books, saying bad things about him. Else he'll get off of his airplane and become upset about it, right there on the hot-ass tarmac. The president doesn't want a lot of things. Are our liberties being eroded bit by bit by bit, just every little bit? The President of the United States has blasted the Constitution even when he was a lowly state senator in Illinois. He says that he is a constitutional lawyer, a constitutional professor who taught constitutional law at the University of Chicago. He was not. He was a 
visiting substitute teacher. Not the same thing at all. We're in a situation right now, folks. The American system is entirely predicated on the Constitution. Once the Constitution becomes meaningless or just inconvenient, an inconvenient piece of paper, the American experiment is over. We're done. The Republic is dead. And that's where we're headed. That's where we're headed. When the President of the United States can openly state that he'd like to go around Congress and get things done for the American people, or that he's not going to wait for Congress, that he's going to use signing statements and executive orders to get things done for the American people, it's dangerous. It destroys and erodes our government. Folks, the Constitution was drawn up and signed and put into play for this purpose, for this reason, so that we don't have one man ruling the citizens of the United States so that we don't have one man a king if you will deciding for us all and when the president states that he wants to fundamentally transform the United States of America he didn't say into what did he well when you have a president who says that he'd like to bypass Congress that the constitution moves too much too slow that he'd like to be able to get things done for the American people, but this damn pesky constitution keeps getting in his way, that's a problem. So tomorrow we're going to talk all about it. Is Are we seeing in our lifetimes the end of the constitution, the end of America? I know people talk about it all the time. It's all over Blog Talk Radio. It's all over the internet. It's all over YouTube. The end of America. How will America end? Well, famous Star Wars quote, uh, quote, this is how it ends. With thunderous applause. Adulation for one man. The President of the United States, our Savior, Barack Hussein Obama. The man who has come to save us all from ourselves. Tune in tomorrow, folks, for the end of the Constitution. It's going to be great. It's going to be a doozy. It's going to be my best show so far. I want to thank you all. God bless you. God bless the United States of America. Hey, and GGT and Cool Mike are back real late at 11, 1130. 2020's on up next, I believe. You've got G-Ski Rocks, the captain, 
Then you've got David Graham. We've got a lot going on. And, of course, you got Tesla over the weekend. Please tune in tomorrow. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the Constitution and whether or not we're actually experiencing the end of America. God bless you. God bless the United States of America. Good night, folks. When you walk through the garden, you got to watch your back. Well, I beg your pardon. Walk the straight and narrow track. If you walk with Jesus, He's gonna save your soul. You gotta keep the devil way down in the hole. He's got the fire and the fury at His command. Well, you don't have to worry. Hold on to Jesus' hand We'll all be safe from Satan When the thunder rolls We just gotta keep the devil Way down in the hole